This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And it's wonderful to have them with us. And, you know, we've been talking about Zupan's Burger Thursdays and Fridays. Mm -hmm. Thursdays is at Lake Grove and Fridays, I believe, is at McAdam. Mm -hmm. So it's great. You get to walk up and pick your ingredients. But anyway, we've been talking about it and it took a while for the two of us to convince me, to entice me to go out there. Actually go and do it. Yeah. So I did it... uh, uh, ironically, right before a doctor's appointment last week ah. right across the street. Yeah. But um, just you can smell it from across the street. Mm-hmm. They're grilling great burgers. So I was about third on line, not a long line, and, and the burger was ready in five minutes. But the guy in front of me literally starts out with asking everything about everything. After a minute, it was like, come on, man, right. it's a burger. <laughs> So where's the meat from? Do you have any kind of bun other than the one you have? And he hadn't yet seen what the bun was. Do you fry the French fries in oil? What kind of spices and there any added sugars? And then the guy says, ah, just give me a burger with everything on it and I'll take the fries the regular (laughs) way and walks away. After all of that, (sighs) I know you know me with my East Coast. uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have no patients. time for it. You have no time for well, that. Well, I had a doctor's appointment. I had right. to chomp that burger down before right. the doctor's appointment. Yeah. Anyway, burger Thursdays and Fridays outside. It's a beautiful. They have a breezeway down there. It's a beautiful place to sit there and eat. So if you're not able to actually make it to the burgers in the breezeway, you need to just go check out their meat and seafood departments because they've always got great ready to grill favorites that you can find there. And I did this over the weekend for Father's Day. Yes, I purchased my own food. For Father's Day, I thought you myself. Were... Well, we we did go to Ringside, but for breakfast, we always do a big breakfast. Oh, okay, gotcha. I went and got the local. They got the local raspberries. We've been talking about the hood oh, strawberries. Yeah. They got those, but they've been all oh, the local raspberries. My my daughters love raspberries, and Zupan's the place to go for it. They are their produce department is great. But to go back to the fish department, mm-hmm. did you know that if you like something and say, ah, I don't know if I can get to that tonight, they'll just vacuum pack that for you right then and there. Which is great. So, yeah, You do that often when you're heading out to the coast. Right. And meat too. Meat yep. or fish, they'll yep. do that. Definitely a reason for you to check out Zoo Pants today. Three locations, Burnside, Lake Grove, and McAdam. And of course, always, ZooPants.com. All right, here we go. It is time once again for Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus, Portland Food Adventures. And, of course, Kurt Johnson from Kink.fm. Of course. My favorite commercial radio station. There we go. I wouldn't even be able to name call letters from most other stations. And I bought them as a, as a media buyer for Back years. Back in the day? Yeah. Well, that's the benefit Kink has always had, that uh, the call letters is also our name. So that's helped. But... I, I I know you've been a fan since you moved here. Yeah, I used to listen to the late the late night. Yeah, they, Should, they still do the the lights night? out. Yeah, the lights out. No, r- radio has transformed quite a bit from I think when you first got here to Portland, and just in general, I think from you last <laughs> it's always purchased and sold it. But like, the, if you if you deviate from the regular formula at any time, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Wow. Now, we so, haven't done that with the podcast. Have we deviated from the regular formula? I mean, we we have the sound bites. We've got we've got the sound bites, but we've kind of always had those. I mean, sometimes we go on weird tangents, but we always seem to come back back to what we're here to talk about, which is talk people. to the great people who make up it's the about, Portland food scene. Right. So, but when we do the sound bites, we're talking about places, right. and we want this to be a little resource, but more so, we really like to 
talk to the people who make up our great food scene and drink scene. Yeah. Speaking of today. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you know a little bit about what's behind them? Because that makes it very interesting. Not only are do we have great food and great cocktails and great beer yeah. here, but they're all because somebody loved this city enough to move here and produce food here. And, uh, and Or in beverages. some cases, they grew up here and decided to do that. Not, all, not, cases, all, of them, not it, all of them moved here. I bet you if we went through the four and a half years of guests that we've had. There are people that moved? There, oh, majority. the large majority are yeah, people you're pr- that moved You're probably here. right. I don't remember hearing many say I grew up here. There are a few. Yeah. And we love them. Yeah. But I was considered, I don't know if you felt the same way. When I moved here, I said, I always thought, I'm kind of a little more special because I decided to be here. I had to go through a lot to get here. Sure. You who grew up here, just luck of the draw. Right. So. No, um, I, I, I get that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So. And that, and, but. Kudos to those folks who stayed here, and and right. even and kudos to those folks who tried other places and then came back, right? Because they decided this is a really cool city. Mm-hmm. One of the things that makes this city cool is there are people like Eric Russ here from Pono Brewing, yeah, and uh, having the opportunity to meet him and know him and see him at a lot of events. Another thing that makes the city, the food scene, cool here. Always a lot of th- fun things to do, and Eric seems to find them and also now make them more fun yeah, with it, his beer. It's interesting because the, the Pono Brewing has been something I've become fam- more and more familiar with over time, but I did not realize until this conversation with with uh, Eric how actually still pretty small the operation is. Right, and I've known him for a while and you know loved the guy and wanted to have him on the podcast, but I thought let's let it develop a little bit because just when he starts out, you know, if he didn't have places, things to talk about that had already happened, yeah. places to go buy his beer, uh, then it's not as interesting. Now, mm-hmm. he tells us at the end of the podcast where to go get it, yep. and that's incentive for you to listen to the whole thing. We like to think we keep it interesting for the entire 45 minutes to an hour. Right. So, uh, good reasons to listen. We're also going to, uh, you know, Bill Maher does his things, the... Um, the Post show, uh, what does he do on HBO? What is he called? Extra yeah. something. We're going to do a little extra. We forgot to ask Eric where Eric Rico Suave Russ came from. Right. Which he uses as his Facebook handle. Mm-hmm. And it was an obvious question that we left out. So the beauty of social media is go to the, um, the Food Podcast PDX Instagram. Mm-hmm. And by the, by the time this comes out, we will have that response um so uh fun talk with eric here from detroit all over the place has done a lot of interesting things and you know he's leading a good life he's done what he likes to do Mm -hmm. and uh is um and and it comes through in what he does and how he talks about it right at the fork it's proud to be supported by zupan's markets For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans, on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove, and at Zupans.com. Eat well, put taste first, love your food. Ringside Hospitality Group. Owned by the Peterson family for nearly 75 years, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape. And Ringside Fish House, in the heart of downtown, boasts the freshest seafood and an exceptional wine list. 
both served the world-famous onion rings that James Beard claimed to be the best he's ever had. Visit ringsidesteakhouse.com and ringsidefishhouse.com and make a reservation today. Join right at the Fork host Chris Angelus for once-in-a-lifetime trips this fall to eat and sip your way through Sicily, Mexico City, and PFA's famous trip with Italo chef Jose Chesa to Barcelona. See the exciting itineraries at portlandfoodadventures.com and find Chris's contact information there too. If you love food and travel, these trips are for you. And make sure to check in on local PFA events and by San Pellegrino. Iconic, fresh, sparkling water with extraordinary Italian heritage is a refreshing way to enhance any dining experience. Ask for San Pellegrino by name next time you're having a great meal. Ever since its founding in 1899, San Pellegrino has been a premium brand synonymous with style. The problem with these communal uh, studios is I came in here and the place was a mess. Mm -hmm. I had to clean it up, so we're at the mercy of whoever was You did a great job. You would never know it was a mess. I I failed (laughs) to vacuum. You failed to vacuum? Uh, That sucks. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, this is a first. We've had guests bring us donuts, and, a, and uh, who brought us, I hate to say this, but was it Char from Red Sauce, or was it Janice Martin who brought us Chick-fil-A's? I think it was Janice no, Martin. No, that was Brian Brian from uh, Pizza Shoals. Oh, Brian brought them. Yeah. Well, I was confused because Janice was the they same were, they, time. They were yeah. the exact same time. It was Brian. He made a special trip out to Tannisborn, either Tannisborn or Clackamas, one of those locations, and picked us up sandwiches. And by the time we ate them, they were... Right, Cold, but but, but what, the reason I got confused is twofold, because Janice was also on the podcast. Yeah. Go back and listen to that one. And also because um, because uh, Janice has been um, extolling the virtues of Chick-fil-A's on Facebook lately. Janice, oh, Janice I've, Martin of Tanuki. I've missed that. Yeah, so I, that's why I was... Oh, I the thought, Did the she virtues of... That's the opposite of... What I see in my social feed <laughs> about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but do you follow Janice Martin? Uh, I don't. That's Tanuki, right? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, I don't follow her. Oh, your 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 social media world is not complete. <laughs> and she will she will appreciate that comment until you follow. <laughs> I thought we weren't supposed to pay attention to her because she gets mad if she gets too much attention. Right. Well, so I got a warning from her when I first friended her and said, "You're not going <laughs> to like this." And I said, no, but you know what? Now that I know her, I appreciate it. I don't definitely agree with her views on guns and all that stuff. Yeah. But I appreciate her. You know, of all people, I want to hear the opposite side of things. And it's not so much political. She's not sure. a Trump Trumper. Right. But um, it's Janice pr- provides an interesting perspective, at least for me to think, oh, that's how that that's how these people from Ohio think. Sure. So, um, no, anyway, not to start the whole thing with that. Thank you for coming. <laughs> of and, course. But the reason I mention that is thank you for bringing Pono beer, Pono Brewer be- Brewing beer. What are we drinking here? Uh, so we're drinking our, it's called Pineapple Express. It's okay. a pineapple Kolsch. I uh, like the Kolsch. Yeah. Did you know that? Or did you just have a Kolsch bring this fan? One? Yeah, I'm kind of, I need someone to sit down with me and go through some of the darker beers. Because every sure. once in a while I have one and I'm like, I like it. But my predilection when I order is to go Pilsners, Lagers, Kolsch's, something, something like that. Something that's going to refreshingly wash down yes. whatever you're consuming with exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. I, like, I like beer with uh, pizza, sushi, maybe a burger. Yeah. You can get this beer at uh, Bamboo now. Oh, if I go to Bamboo. 
Yeah. I have to go to Bamboo to get the to get the beer. <laughs> no, bamboo. it's everywhere. I no, brought I this is I poured you this one because this is kind of our rock star flagship beer that especially I mean we do it year round, but in it's the summer really nice. just we can't make And the pineapple of it. isn't strong. I've just all of a sudden, like a month ago, I realized I love pineapple. So yeah. that's why I was wondering if you had I don't think I'd put just, that I out there. I just sensed it. What do you I think, just have Cor? a knack. No, it's, it's it's delicious. I've got mine as far away from my equipment as possible. <laughs> yeah, this is, you've seen, so Eric, you've seen that sign now. Uh, yeah. Over there. Yeah, no, no food, food or, or drink. drink. No food and or drink. And Court's been pretty uh, staunch about it. So f- to allow a waiver, you're spe- this is Thank very special. Thank you for being understanding. It's what I do. Right, but if you're going to have a waiver, it should be for a good beer, right? Right. So you would have brought kombucha or something. I would have said, no, we're yeah, not allowed to do yet. <laughs> we're not, no eating or drinking. Anyway, it's good to have you in here. I've known you for a long time. I, I've i hung out with you a little bit. We've had yeah pizza jerk together. We've yeah. got, you've cut, you can't. a bunch of stuff. You have come to my events event. for a while. Sure. We did, we did Kitchen Chronicles. Well, we started working on Kitchen Chronicles right. Right. together. Then before I kind of backed out of that one. But I went. I enjoyed it. Right. I went to the event as you just weren't a, so scared as to consume everything. At yeah, the but we we'll talk about that. Sure. But we started to put that together in the right as cannabis was legalized. So yep. I freaked out in terms of the OLCC and what was yeah. legal to do with a dinner with leather stores. And I was the one selling tickets, and I just didn't want to be the responsible party for what I didn't know. Yeah, it's also insane. People by still the way. don't entirely know. Right. But it's all so insane because for alcohol, we know what those regulations are and you right. get, you know, people can get smashed. I don't think there's a real, my personal perception, and please don't use this against me in a court of law, but <laughs> my personal perception is that cannabis is not a huge um, uh, barrier to driving as much as hmm. alcohol, right? If you're going to sure. compare it to alcohol. Sure. The, I don't think you could it's have like an argument. like the old Cheech and Chong where they get pulled over doing... Right, I'm not, no, endorsing, a, I'm not endorsing. I'm not endorsing driving. Chris Farley under, movie where they get pulled over doing seven miles an hour. Right, right. So I'm not <laughs> endorsing driving under the influence of marijuana, right. but I'm merely saying because I had this argument with my father growing up that if I was going to be in the car with someone who'd been drinking a lot, driving, or smoking a joint, right. I'd way rather be in the passenger seat. Right. with the person smoking. Well, it just speaks to the, you know, kind of the the different. The dangers of consume alcohol. You can drink so much alcohol, you die. Right. You, right. Could, and you, you could light a barn load of weed on fire, and sit there and huff all of it. I don't know, man. You, I you might I asphyxiate <laughs> at a certain point. Like if all the oxygen's gone, you'll die. But sure. you can't. You can't smoke so many joints that your heart explodes. It's not a thing. Well, yeah, physically, but I think you can your want to kill yourself. Your mind will explode. Yeah. <laughs> you might go you know, insane. Back in the day, now we're in this wonderful world where you can decide, you know, with CBD, you don't get paranoid, in, oh, yeah. at least in my opinion. Or I, one doesn't. I've heard that people yeah. don't get paranoid. And, um, you know, back in the day when you just got what you got, it was there was extreme paranoia going on. Oh, yeah. And so it's nice to have that. But anyway, I like to have, I'm glad we actually started down this road because you've been in both industries, both sure. the cannabis and now the beer industry. Yeah. But what I really wanted to find out is when I met you, you started coming to my events, I think, two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember at Coquine, but there was probably before that at... Um, uh, at, at um, I think I did like three in that little time zone. Right. Uh, definitely Carlo. We did oh, the, that was the a Carlo good one, to start one with. at the Ace Cleaners. Right. Um, it was the first time I met Carlo. Right. Oh, okay. I, I, didn't, was, I didn't know that. 
Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Now I can't get rid of him. <laughs> He's everywhere. So, um, but before that, what were you doing then? What was your livelihood then? I didn't know. Uh, back it was in the the early stages of the cannabis. Oh, I didn't know that. You you like waited that. a few. Was, times well, I was on to... the edge of. I'd also been a uh, a gem dealer. A gem years. dealer. Okay, so, like, that's what I'm wanting to get like, at. Like aquamarines and tourmalines and very much the the natural stones, not the cut stones, but the stones that were for uh, kind of a similar collector as like a ga- uh, glass collector mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So some of know? the stuff you see out at the coast, the agates, and maybe not there, but sure. if you like those, you might sure. like what you were doing. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Um, and so how, how'd you get into that? Uh, I was living in Flagstaff. Very organic worlds you've been living in. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, I was living in Flagstaff, Arizona, and the largest uh, gem show in North America takes place in Tucson every year. Wow. And uh, I was raised a backpacker, leave no trace kind of person, so even having a piece of quartz felt foreign to me, and then I went to this giant, massive market and was like, well, everybody's doing it. I want some of these things. Maybe. (laughs) And what year was this? Oh, geez, 2002, maybe. Yeah, right so, around then. What were you doing in Flagstaff? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, is, this, I been... <laughs> is this like a, a, like a lawyer? Don't ask what you don't uh, know no, the answer no. to. No, uh, no. It's a it's a funny story. I was uh, I'd been traveling around for a whole summer. Uh, I'd been living in Colorado for a while before that. I was traveling around all summer, and uh, I bought a Volkswagen bus that I was planning on living in for a couple months while I found a place to live in uh, in. You know, maybe like Santa Cruz, San Francisco, and uh, it broke down in the desert of Gee, Needles, California. And I pushed it into the desert and took a bus back to Flagstaff, where oh. I'd met all these amazing people. And oh. uh, I was big into climbing back then. And the climbing scene there is insane. Mountain biking, it's awesome. Nice. Yeah. It's nice out there. I spent you know some good years in Arizona. It's, I, I, I never thought I would Tucson. live there. I went to school in Tucson, which and I met the mother of my children there. I love Tucson. Yeah. And then I worked at uh, the Grand Canyon for Fred Harvey Company. Oh, back, cool. As far back as when Mount St. Helens erupted up here. Yeah. I saw it in the newspaper. That was the only way I knew. Yeah. But Arizona's a cool, I think it's a cool, I think it's a nice place to live once in your life. If you had asked me younger if I ever thought that I would live there, there's no way. Right. In my, in, in my perception of what I thought Arizona was, I was like, oh, it's just, it's just America's butthole. There's no way I'm going to. There's nothing there for me. and then, No, not at all. It's far from it. And then, you know, Flagstaff, the drive from Flagstaff, you drive through like five different biospheres. So mm-hmm. you're just like, just the, the watching layer after layer after layer of all these crazy plants and animals. It's pretty amazing. Did you get to Sedona at all? Ever? Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah, that's All insane. the time. It was only like 45 minutes away. I would climb, you know, climbing in the, in the winter down there. And So can you do... Um, like, can you do fingertip type climbing? Are you that? Uh, are you I used that, to. So you can. I used so to. That, and you, yeah. And untethered? Uh, yeah. Well, that was actually my move is bouldering. I was big oh. into bouldering, which is the, you know, the ropeless. You don't, you know, you climb 10, 15, maybe a little more feet in the air. And then you just, if you fall, you land on a pad and a friend helps catch you. Nice. <laughs> I did. I went stuff. to um, Yosemite once and I did El Capitan, but I was, I was, Thankfully, I was tethered because I fell and it just went whoosh, oh, whoosh, yeah. whoosh back and forth. Yeah. 
That would have been it. I was tethered as much as possible. I didn't I climb El Cap, but I definitely hiked to the top of it when mm-hmm. I was like 13. Nice. Yeah. 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 That's so, and you came from Weir to go hike that at 13. You had to have, uh, you didn't just hitch, hitchhike out there from Detroit. No, <laughs> no, uh, no, my, uh, my dad, that was a big thing. Uh, my parents were separated when I was like two. So we always, and I lived with my mom. My, my dad had me every other weekend, but we would always had, you know, about 10 days to two weeks in the summer where we would go do some epic outdoor crazy adventure where like, you know, we have to like scare away bears that are trying to steal our food and getting getting pretty deep into the wilderness. It was great, especially for, you know, having those early years of Detroit. It was nice to get into the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would assume it's kind of the the opposite of 1980s, 90s Detroit. Yes. What, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean yeah. to be fishing, but my math yeah. is bad too <laughs> on top of it. Yeah, that was 90. Right so, 90 was one of their, yeah. I just wanted to ask, because we'll forget, did you see what I posted on Facebook the other day, that 23-window VW bus in Manzanita? You have to no. see that. It was perfect. So my friend <laughs> who used to be a VW dealer pointed that out. He said, that thing's over, worth over hundred grand. It was in great shape. So, so you scooped it up? You and Kodak scoop, hitting the road. <laughs> we were, I drove by it, and I missed a sunset, so I drove back, and... Um, I drove back oh, yeah, and I gorgeous. said, I'm going to park my, till this thing drives by. And I drove by, just had it all composed at the perfect second. Yeah. So anyway, it was a nice, those buses are cool. So yeah. I never owned one. I'm envious that you got to have one, yeah. but I'm not that, envious. That 10 days that I owned it was pretty amazing. <laughs> right. It was great. <laughs> that you were stuck in the <laughs> desert. But it, it brought you, think about that, serendipity, it brought you to Flagstaff, right? Which got you into to Tucson which I'm going to guess, if you follow the the trail, it got you to here. Oh, it did. Yeah. Right. My life has been full of all those serendipitous accidents. Because of that That at the time days. seemed like the worst thing that's happening to me. Why would the universe squash me like a bug? Oh, wait. All of a sudden, I love it here. So that's a lesson, yeah. I think, for those that are younger than me, because there are a lot more that are younger than me than you. <laughs> but the worst things that happen to your life sometimes, often become the most serendipitous events that lead you to great things. Yeah, absolutely. Two worst things that ever happened to me. That's why we're sitting here, and I have friends like Court, I have friends like you, and we're sitting in Portland, Oregon, talking. Yep. So um, that's cool. So were you a... Um, all right, so we get the deal, and at some point you got into reggae, and uh, <laughs> so you were... I'm in all music, all music. Right, but but... Reggae re- funk. I'm from Motown, so okay. You know what I mean. But That's, on your website, it indicates the, the your, that you love reggae, and that was part of the reason for Pono. Maybe not. Maybe uh, I misread that because you didn't read the amazing thing very well either. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually in my bag I wrote down on a piece of paper. It's, Don't it's say in that your word. Bag. <laughs> and I was supposed to have it in front of me. And I, <laughs> Set up the electrodes every now. Now every time I'm gonna get the shock. That's what we need to do. Just so they, just I'd a, sign up for that. I, I think, think that's fair. Just a little thing on the ankles. Just a little. Just not something that's gonna stop anybody from talking. But a right. little notification so they know at the end of the interview they've said it eight times. <laughs> from H- yeah. Just a little counter right there. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. um, were you like a? Were you? You are, I'm going to guess. So you're in the cannabis industry, you're now in the beer industry, where you're a pretty big partier as a kid, or as, when you were younger. 
Yeah. Was that a big part of your life? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So you figured out a way to make that part of your life your living. Yeah. And this is the goal. Yeah. Is it not? It 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 is. That's 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 what I strive for is to do things that are quote unquote work. Right. Uh, so are, have you done that I would cl- want to do that Have are you fun. made any money from climbing, right? So you <laughs> you did take some no. of the rocks and sell no. those, right? I made some money off the rocks. Right, yes. exactly. <laughs> sure. I'm just trying yeah. to I'm yeah. just trying to identify this. So, yeah. um so I'm just curious and I want to talk a little bit about the cannabis industry because yeah. when we met it was a new industry yeah. in Oregon or in Northwest, yeah. you know, Washington, and you had uh drawn attention to the fact that you were working for a company. I introduced you. So all, all of a sudden I met Leather and I don't remember how Leather and I discussed doing cannabis dinners, but, um, I said, you got to meet this guy, Eric, because yeah. he's connected and he's in the world and also Natalia. Yeah. Well, I had started to ask you cause I was like, oh, this guy's got to know at least somebody who might be down to be brave enough to try and do one of these dinners that I had an idea for idea for. And then you're like, oh yeah, I got the guy. Oh, I, I immediately knew. Yeah. See, I don't remember. Yeah. Too too much. Too much. <laughs> but um, okay. So we. So then I came to you and said, "Hey, I got this guy leather." And then we realized if we're doing events, N- Natalia Toral is our girl. No brainer. Right. Gotta have so her. then we, the three of us, which is crazy. That's... I wish I had a meet a picture of that meeting because you two, you and Natalia are very tight now. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah, she's um, my bestie. Right. And so there was a there was a. I got to witness the moment when you guys were actually shaking hands and yeah. saying hi. Yeah. She seemed like a normal person back then. Yeah. Well, so did you. <laughs> no. And leather, too. Yeah. That was That's, a pretty interesting. We, we were just deal. all hanging out on uh, Saturday and we were talking about how it's kind of funny that we're all kind of like these lovable misfits. And that's probably why we get along so well is we're like normalish weirdos. Is that where you was leather in that conversation too? Yeah, yeah, oh, he was all there. of you. Yeah. Well, you, I, I've done this before with Gary and said, you know, you need to invite me to be because I'm a little bit of a misfit. I'm yeah. invite me to be part of that. But well, I, I've learned don't do that because then you'll come back and say, no, there's a reason we're not asking you to be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have learned to stay out of that. But yeah. uh, that's cool. What were you doing on Saturday? Uh, the Danway Canting Rooftop Dinsum thing that oh. they put together. It was them and uh, I think Revelry was a part of it, too. Oh, nice. I mean, it's always good to be on a rooftop. It was the first time they did it. Probably could be a couple that's things right. could be adjusted. Either way, it was a that's, great sunset and I had some snacks. Yeah. That's the way things happen. Yeah. But it's interesting that you had Leather there because he doesn't go to a lot of things at all. He's he's very involved with his family and his restaurant. That's leather true. stores we're talking about from Noble Rot. Yes. Um, you can't just assume that he, people. He pops know who out here people. and there. People don't know that. Does he's, he really? He's, he's sneaky with it. I yeah. miss him. I haven't hung out with him for a while, and every once in a while we have a fun little text exchange, and he cracks me up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the guy is witty. The guy he's is really so, witty. He's he's a clever. He's very Goofball. clever. He's yeah. he's genuine. He's nice. Um, yeah, he he has enough to say. I mean, I first met him from his writing. His he wrote columns. Right. And I wrote him and said, man, I love what you write. And that was it. And then he said, come in to my restaurant and have lunch. And I thought they were just open for lunch. And I showed up and, no, it was just leather. And he made me lunch. So I said, <laughs> yeah. I said, what am I doing here? And he said, well, I, I appreciate that you liked what I did. It looks like what you're doing is interesting. So anyway, yeah. that's why you're, that's why. 
It's interesting how these things happen. Hey, Chris, right now would be a great time to talk about one of our great sponsors here at Right at the Fork, the Ringside Hospitality Group. Yes, which encompasses Ringside Steakhouse. It's been around for over 75 years in the Peterson family. Mm -hmm. And also Ringside Fish House, uh, a little less time over right off of Director's Park, uh, which is a really special place. Court. Last night, you were there, I was there, we were in separate rooms, and we didn't know it. Yeah, we, we kind of put it together after the fact. My wife posted a picture of me and my girls. I went there for Father's Day. Right, and I saw 5.45, and I said, well, no, that's just about when we were there. Yeah. But we missed you, and we could have gotten all the kids together. What fun that would have been. It, so we are with my sons for Father's Day, getting a little dip into the all-day Sunday happy hour. Yeah. Some calamar, some um, steak bites, and then we also ordered what I've gotten into lately over there. Yeah is uh, King Crab Legs. Oh. It's with the little drawn butter. So we had that. We had some I thought prawns. you were going to say the donuts off of their... Off of their oh, we had that oh, you too. had that too. <laughs> we didn't miss that. So we had donuts and we had chocolate cake for dessert. Yeah. But uh, my uh, we went for Father's Day and uh, it was a nice way to spend it. It's really Sundays are good because it's all day happy hour. Right. And then, of course, on Mondays, we, I've discovered the Dollar Oyster Mondays, too. Which is great. You can just oh, yeah. sit down and get a dozen oysters for 12 bucks in Portland, Oregon at, from the Ringside Fish House. Come yeah. on. My, my wife, Randy, woke up this morning and wants to go back to the fish house to get those oysters because they were so good last night that she got. How many did you order? You didn't order them I didn't, all? I didn't, didn't order the Dollar I Oyster Mondays. I wasn't, Mondays. No, I wasn't feeling oystery on, on uh, Father's <laughs> Day, so I went a different route. I went with the crab cakes, which were really, really good. Okay, yeah. Uh, she, but she did it, and uh, yeah, no, we're, we're already making plans to go there without the kids because we, we you got to do that sometimes oh yeah well i was except for last night right i well now i go with my sons yeah. once in a while there your, your, your sons are older than mine right and because we're talking about kids you we have to be uh we have to balance it out a little bit yep the sister the brother or the sister ringside steakhouse that's great too yep. and you're gonna find a happy hour there after nine if you care about happy hour just let you care about saving a little money but also, um, there they have their Prime Rib Mondays, which we did. Yep. Um, and I'm thinking about that because we record on Mondays. Uh, yeah, you can find out all the uh, specials going on. They, they they display very nicely on their websites. So it's ringsidefishhouse.com, ringsidesteakhouse.com, which is also where you can go to make reservations. But I wanted to ask you because we know a couple of people. You know Damien? Are you friends with Damien Magista? Yeah. And I'm never sure I'm pronouncing yeah. his last name right, and we're good friends. But, um, he hasn't corrected you yet. No, but sometimes the poor, Northwest people don't always want to correct you. Too polite? Right. Yeah, it's too polite. <laughs> but, um, but he was sure, in the... Of course. So when we met, he was doing Be Local Honey. That mm-hmm. was his thing, and he sold it mm-hmm. to J- Jacobson. I met him at that, uh, that Ace Cleaners Carlo right. Magda dinner he as well. Too, he right. sat next to me, yeah. Oh, cool. And that's I probably... That's one of the things I love to do at Portland Food Adventures dinners is seat people to make sure they're with people that they're going to yeah. dig. So yeah. that, that I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. But you were both in the industry. So he mm-hmm. went from Be Local. He moved up and worked for a cannabis company up there. Mm-hmm. And now he's working in the beer industry. I know. So I know. That's the new, the new gig. Right. So, and both of you... You know, there's a there was a, there was always a little bit of envy. Why can't I? Be, I'd like to be in that business at this point in time. Sure. And it seemed like an awesome thing to do. And I'm sure you were you were thinking it was an awesome. You showed us around. It is awesome. I want. Th- I would love to have a video of leather stores in that facility <laughs> walking around. I have a picture looking, somewhere of us. Oh, I have pictures, yeah. but the video would be awesome. Yeah. I have plenty of pictures. I can go right to it right now. No, it's a and, it's a it's a very fun new industry. So there's a lot of excitement, but there's also but there's a also, lot of stigma and there's a lot of I mean, competition. It's ridiculous. Right. Of so that's it's 
That's what I understand is the problem. Like Five hundred thousand pounds in the state, right? Right, now, or something right. like that. Something ridiculous. And same thing, I think. Damien <laughs> ran into. I don't know the politics of his job, yeah, or your relationship with your folks, but you know those things happen. But on the other hand, if it was a, a zillion dollar opportunity, you'd probably have figured out a way to still be there. Sure, I'm not saying sure. it's not, but I'm just assuming that okay, you know, brewing, part of- starting a small brewery. Which is what you have. It's a very right. small company, yeah, and it's growing, but that was more attractive to you than staying in the cannabis industry. Yeah, you know, brewing in Portland is way less competitive. There's barely any breweries oh here God. for me to deal with, so it was a it was a logical shift <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, also, a big part of it is you know I like to put together fun little tap takeover things and events and stuff like that. And you like the events to do it with like. When we did it for Kitchen Chronicles, it was just like, you know, half the time was spent talking to a lawyer to make sure we're doing it right. Mm-hmm. That's why. And I was even out. then, it was like, I I'm think a, this is right. We'll see. They might right. change it in a month. Um, and so it's just it's just a lot easier to do big fun events without worrying about like sabotaging this business that you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars into your equipment, and right? Building the brand and everything, and all of a sudden one one oopsie daisy in the OLCC will shut you down for, they'll give you a warning, they'll shut you down for 30 days, who knows, right? Right, and it was new, you don't know that. There's no track record. Like anybody right. opening a restaurant now knows they can confer with their peers on right. what to expect from right. the OLCC. Exactly. exactly. Then, you know, I remember when I heard, um, what was it that Natalia told me? Then I said, oh, I'm just out. And I can't remember, it was one, oh, it was when she told me that, um, that uh, imbibing in marijuana and driving were a clear violation. Yeah, I said at that point, that. how are you going <laughs> to, right. So how am I going to, if I'm involved in this event, how am I going to know when someone's going to get in their car? Right. I'm out. Right. So I just felt like Shark Tank when I said that, wasn't it? Never said that with a mic in front of me where I can, I'm out. <laughs> For that reason, I'm out. You ever watch Shark Tank? Uh, here and there. Here yeah. And there. You got to bring Pono Brewing there. I don't need them. No, that's so. I don't need them. We're building it ourselves. So, um, how much of what you're doing is because you love doing it, and how much is in pursuit of the almighty dollar, which is which is uh, just not allowed in Portland, Oregon. Uh, this is this is all passion project, right? This is all. I mean, that's I have gone fully deep. This is my this is my mistress, my wife, right now for sure. This is everything. Uh, it started off. I met this guy. Uh, Larry Clouser, um, he'd worked in a bunch of different things in the industry. He was a brewmaster, uh, actually in Tucson for a while. Uh, he's originally from here though, and he worked for F.H. Uh, Steinbart's, which is the homebrew supply spot. He also worked on the supply side, um, just kind of like learning the industry. And uh, you know, I in- initially got involved. I was just going to be kind of like a little bit of a financial backer, and I just thought. I wanted to get involved in something that was like delicious, right? I'm motivated by delicious mm-hmm. things. So I wanted to have you some are. little part. And everybody's like, oh, you always throw these dinner parties. Why don't you start a restaurant? I was like, I'm not a masochist. What are you, crazy? Mm-hmm. No way. And uh, and then so we, you know, slowly started. We, we, we were working on initially trying to build a production facility right off the bat. And uh, we had all these stops and starts of like, you know, uh, a potential facility and the landlord turned out to be not super great. And, 
uh, an investor backed out. Better to find that out beforehand and, than afterwards. Exactly, exactly. And then the very last thing that happened to us in that in that first incarnation of what we were trying to do was um, the Skyline Burger spot that was in. Mm-hmm. Remember on Broad where uh, the Nightwood Society is now. Right. There was that Skyline Burger spot, and that guy wanted us to put like a a small little brew pub just to get us started in the back, um, and. Something about that guy's energy was super off. We're like, maybe we're being hippies and we're just being weird, but I don't know. Just something's weird. You almost have to ask yourself literally, that with everything you do. Yeah, I know. I know. And literally the next day, we got like a, a wanted poster. This guy had been like embezzling money from investors. And we're like, all right, well, hold on. All right, what are we going to do here? So we kind of took like a, a six-month, year-long hiatus of like, how? Are, what are we going to do? We tried all these other conventional ways of doing this. And so my partner and I started talking about, well, ultimately, I just want to get the beer. I believe in this beer. This beer is delicious. This is why I'm involved in this project. And so we started um, doing what is referred to as contract brewing, or uh, uh, now we're uh, alt prop, which basically means we use other people's facilities to brew our beer. Mm -hmm. And then we self-distribute. I go out and do all the sales stuff. My partner's the brewmaster, um, but it's a way to kind of get the brand out there without investing this like million dollars it takes for the production. Right. Facility. And it's what you like doing. You're a people person. So it enables yeah. you to go out and yeah, I have this natural this... schmooze kind of thing in me that yeah. I never really, I never really nurture, but it's like genuine. I'm not like talking to people. Oh no, that's that, no. you know, it's... I'm not just like trying to get people to buy beer. I like, really want to hear about their that's why i asked that question before stuff. because yeah. i don't think you're a sales guy you're you're a schmoozer and yeah. not not a, you're a, you're no you're a social guy you're <laughs> yeah. not a schmoozer yeah you're just naturally conversation flows you're a yeah. nice guy everybody's drawn to you that i know not everybody can't use the word everybody anymore man <laughs> who hates me tell me <laughs> call gary gary will let you know <laughs> um uh but yeah, so it's an or, it's an organic thing, and you are everywhere I turn now. Even if Pono isn't involved in the event, you're there. Well, that's partly yeah. because of your relationship with Natalia. So she's looking for well, she's fun doing people the to assist, and you get to eat for free. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, do you get a, a, a certain sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Or you're just happy to be there. I'm just I just love all the delicious things that are. This is why I'm in this city. So right, you know, like I. I even I had a bunch of friends that moved here from Flagstaff after they graduated college mm-hmm. that had been encouraging me to come here. And when was that? On, uh, ten years ago. Just okay. Uh, just so when it was starting. To I crank came up here for two weeks for my thirtieth birthday and just ate everything and hiked everywhere and just was just like blown away by it. it and part of that draw was that was paradise, man. <laughs> I know it's true. And it was uh, it was right around the time of that like that that Anthony Bourdain no reservations episode of. Portland, where I was like, bacon on a donut? Hell yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. I'll go. I, I still crush a pizza shoals as much as I can mm-hmm. because of that. Not because of that, because the pizza's delicious, but that was like kind of like well, a, a door opening thing. And I was like, oh yeah, this is this is kind of like a food paradise. And, and especially 10 years ago, it was a very affordable food paradise. Right. Too. And I'm glad Bourdain was on um, a pizza shoals before oh, yeah. a pizza shoals actually blew up because. Pizza Shoals was awesome, and then when um, all of a sudden all these pizza places started cropping up, then it had to stand out right, amongst right. everything. But there was a time where it was like, hey, you want the real thing? Yeah. That's where it is. And, and now we live in this pizza paradise as well. Yeah, but it still stands <laughs> out. 
Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Um, so what makes your beer, because as you said, there's just a little bit of competition in Portland. Yeah. What makes your beer stand out? What 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 is it that people are uh, attracted to, and what do you, you know, what it's f- delicious. Yeah. By the way, I would order this anytime. Yeah, it's so, that's the that's the the champion beer of the summer right there. Is it really? Oh, the yeah. summer has just started. I can't make enough of it. It's it's crazy how 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 easy that one is. It's just the most crushable. I'm trying to get it in cans. That's my next project. When's that going to happen? Um. So <clears throat> we. Like I was saying, we use two other people's facilities. So we use uh, Pints downtown for seven barrel batches, uh, Zoigel House for 20 barrel batches. And we kind of are regulated to when do they have space open on their tanks. So trying to up our production, we bought two of our own 20 barrel fermenters that went into the Zoigel House space. Uh, and we have two more going in in August. And once those go in, that should help us start uh, doing the canning thing. And then are you going retail to markets? Or yeah, I want to have be, some stuff on the shelves. I mean, that's the thing I hear the most is, you know, that people want to buy cans to take home. And mm-hmm. instead I'm like, eh, I can tell you what neighborhood do you live in? I can tell you what restaurants or tap rooms have it on right now. Right. Can you buy growlers somewhere? Uh, there's a lot of spots you can buy growlers. Okay. Yeah. Of your, of your beer? So yeah. you can take it home. Sure. You just have to, it's you not to as easy. Yeah, yeah. You just have to try a little harder. Well, that's not, okay. Because yeah. if someone really likes it, they're going to go out of their way yeah. to do it. And that's yeah. kind of what the culture we live in, right? Yeah. So, um, so what makes the beer stand out? We stand out, uh, you know, I'm around going to different restaurants and different tap, tap rooms all the time. And when I look at these menus and there's a beer that I think would look really good up there, I tell my partner about it or a beer I think w- that would go really well with food. Um, I can mention it to him and his brewmaster skills start calculating and he's like, well, how much of this fruit component do you want? And do you, are we, what's the level of bitterness? Are we adding a lot of hops to this? Are we not adding a lot of hops to this? So I have this really symbiotic relationship in, you know, me dreaming up the beers. Like I think of beers, I, I kind of try to create them the way that like, like bartenders create cocktails is almost my little window of looking at it. I'm looking at it from this way and he's from this more traditional background of, you know, being a brewmaster. And this is just the way the industry does things. And so I wasn't in the industry until whatever, two years ago, I just showed up and was like, what about one of these? Can we do this? So you're doing the market research really, which is important because otherwise what decisions, no, I don't know Larry, but how's he going to make his decisions without someone out there saying, Hey, here's what's going on. Here's what I see. Here's where an opportunity exists. Yeah. And luckily he places a lot of uh, trust in me for those things as well. You know, I mean, I, I, I convinced him to do this uh, event coming up called Cowabunga. Have you heard of this? I have heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. Portland Monthly is putting it on. Yeah. So uh, I convinced him uh, to let me get us involved with that. And he was super down with it. We're matched up with Taqueria Nueve for kind of a little bit pairing the food with the beers. And uh, it's also going to be judged on by the pe- by the people in attendance, and so we wanted to. I dreamt up this beer that I wanted to create for the event that will both go well with kind of the Mexican food that Taqueria Nueva is going to do, and be unique and fun and refreshing because it's summer. All right, so I have this question for you. Yes. You, so you go to these uh, you go to the, these events where people are judging your beer. Yeah. And it's not like there are uh, a million people. There's a finite number of people. Sure. How many people are voting because they like you? 
for your beer. <laughs> I, that's no slight to the beer. But I wonder that when I see people on Facebook sure. fishing for the best this award, hey, vote for us. Right. I'm kind of like, you know, right. I just wish you'd win it on your own instead of begging. And yes. I'm not, you're not begging for votes, but I'm just saying you're at events where your smile is there. <laughs> you're handing people the beer. Yeah, I'll vote for Eric. Well, I think... Uh, that's very true. I I definitely will crack a bunch of jokes and and allude to giving people better pours and whatever you know. I like, but I like to engage people in general. That's uh, for a lot of these events. You know, I mean, we're small enough that I can go to every event. That's my job. Is to I go see to all you these everywhere. Events. Right. It's like when I see you. I don't. <laughs> I'd love to hang out with you, but I see you quite a bit. Yeah. Most of the time, the messages I get are, "Why I went to an event and you weren't there? Are you okay?" Right. Right. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so those events that are that are voted on by the people there, that's a big part of it, I think, is they get to see the genuine enthusiasm in my eyes of what we're doing. And, and that's part of your brand. And too. that's part of the brand. You know, we're trying to be like, we want to be a fun, I don't want to say party brand. You know, we don't want to be like, we want to be the life of a party. We don't, we're trying to do something that's exciting for everyone that gets people like in the community involved and, and really pumped up to come to a thing. But we're trying to do it in a non, like, beer bro kind of culture. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We're not trying to high five bikini pool party kind of vibe. We're trying to just do stuff that, I don't know, it's just delicious and it's fun to be at. And there's good music and everybody there has, like, good energy. Yeah. You know? We're trying to harness that. I think, and I don't think, I think you can do that authentically, too. You don't have to. Right. Try. Right. You don't need to put the memo out that says that's, we need to be authentic. Yeah, that's what the brand is evolving into just by how my partner and I like to go about things. You Do know? you see yourselves going beyond Portland? Uh, <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, I am sending a couple kegs to Japan on Wednesday. Oh, nice. Which is kind of a toe in the water. It's a, it's a, it was a weird, I don't know why I'm obsessed with it, but I really... Well, I, yeah, I can understand why you'd be oh, excited about that. So Plus, cool. to get you over there, too, yeah. to do it. Yeah, cool. and, uh, you know, I have aspirations of as we expand and have uh, more product available, I'd definitely like to start getting into the Seattle market very much for selfish reasons so that I could get start there. getting up there on, on a regular basis and, you know, eating at these all these epic restaurants that are up there more yeah, and more. No, it's I have, right. kept, I have always tried to dip my toe in up there and hope that I could get Portland Food Adventures yeah. up there. It's a different vibe up there. Yeah. But the the restaurants are, it's cool that they're so oh, yeah. close. It's so wonderful having Seattle be the big city near you. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, where I come from was New York and that's great, but I just think Seattle's such a cool vibe. Yeah. Too on top of it. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. And Pono, obviously the Po is Portland. And Pono is actually a Hawaiian word. Okay, good. Yeah. Thanks for correcting. Yeah, it's a it's it's actually a very like powerful Hawaiian word. When uh, so my partner after he became a brewmaster, he lived in Hawaii for a little bit. Mm -hmm. He traveled extensively in the Philippines. His wife is actually Filipino, so he's living this very. He still like wears slippers, aka flip flops, around mm -hmm. like almost year round. Um, he's living this island vibe lifestyle, which is very. You know, we're not trying to be like only tropical beer or whatever, but it Pono kind of refers to uh, the word translates loosely to righteousness, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it refers to living uh, a balanced lifestyle, like mm-hmm. even too much of a good thing. You, you're like, I love Cocoa Krispies and you eat Cocoa Krispies every day. Eventually you're like, I hate Cocoa Krispies. These are the this disgusting. Is Cocoa Puffs. You know, so, <laughs> right. So, uh, so that's kind of where the, the Pono the Pono oh, thing comes I'm glad, from. I'm glad we discussed that because yeah. I was just assuming maybe it was a reverse no-po thing. Sure, sure. So. There, was a, there was briefly a joke uh, because we had tried for a couple years to start and kept failing. Uh, when we finally got going, people came up to us and were like, oh, did you know, po- you know what Pono stands for, right? And we're like, what? Like Portland's only non-operational brewery? <laughs> we were like, it's funny. Also, fuck you. It's a clever joke. Now get out of my face. Yeah, and now drink this beer. (laughs) Our friends at San Pellegrino would like to shine the spotlight on Hot Yai. Hot Yai is Paddy and Long Bond chef Earl Ninsom and barman Alan Aquai's popular, fast, casual, buzzy spot in the Vernon neighborhood in northeast Portland. Named after the southern Thai city of Hot Yai near the Malaysian border, you'll find their famous fried chicken, which can be ordered in a variety of delicious ways, and a host of other favorite foods from southern Thailand. While plenty of critics and diners have taken notice of Hot Yai's many authentic offerings, the Oregonian's Michael Russell proclaims their house Malay curry alone a small wonder, and capped off as many praises of this Portland gem with a great four-star rating. Whether you like spicy foods or not, Hot Yai is a fantastic Thai choice in Portland, which is now known as one of the United States' best Thai food cities. And a great way to compliment any dish on Hot Yai's exciting menu is with a sparkling bottle of San Pellegrino, or one of the many tasty San Pellegrino sparkling fruit beverages. Make sure to check into sanpellegrino.com to see where the best chefs in the world recommend you dine. Here in Portland... San Pellegrino suggests you stop in soon to enjoy a meal you'll love at Hot Yacht. I don't know, and I can't tell you. I mean, I wouldn't know anyway, but I don't think I've ever seen anybody grow a, the brand like you've grown it. You know, usually there's an, an investment, a brewery, yeah. a, re, a, res, a, a, you know, a brew pub that yeah. goes with it. and then Yeah, we start... don't even have a tasting room right now because right. of the way that we're doing this. It's purely... Just in bars around town and, you know, trying to get involved with events. We're small enough that a lot of events we get excluded. Um, We've been lucky enough to get into some. Like, people are starting to really kind of give us a little cred. We just did that uh, Snack Down event. Uh, Ben Love over Mm -hmm. at Gigantic Mm -hmm. uh, allowed us to get involved with that. And uh, then which was one where you won the summer award? You beat some breweries. What was that event? That that Snackdown, yeah. Oh, so that, that was Smackdown. Okay. Yeah. So it was a wrestling themed uh nice. beer and snack pairing event. Uh and you did know Did you go did you go toe to toe with anybody? Did you smack anybody down <laughs> other than with beer? Smack talk for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. I went as a Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South, brought mm-hmm. a bullhorn and everything. So I definitely you know, got into character, mm-hmm. uh, very obnoxious. If some friends want the bullhorn to disappear, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, you know, we were in there with Ecliptic and Culmination, Gigantic, and and Wayfinder, and all these, like all the big names. You know, that were there, and here's this little, you know, little little underdog Pono Brewing, and uh, you know, we it was this pineapple Kolsch paired with a awesome porky spicy slider that the lardo guys did 
and uh, it just paired perfectly. And it was. It was voted on by the crowd. And, you know, I was there pouring beers and plating sandwiches. When you got a crowd and a lot of sliders. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. A bunch of people call us cheaters because they set up a kitchen outside, but no one told other people they couldn't set up a kitchen. So you just got to try harder sometimes. Were you, were they serving your beer at the feast launch party that I was just at recently? No. No, see, they should. Was that the one on the Palomar roof? Yeah, the Palomar roof. No. That was really cool. No. Oh, I could have sworn I saw you there. See, here's, I've been in advertising for years. <laughs> if you're enough places, then people start seeing you where you're not. <laughs> it's just perceived. It's the way I it must works. must have been there. It's the way it works. Yeah. So, and I, I'm not so sure if it's just because we're friends and I see you on social media, you comment a lot. On my stuff, I might comment on yours, but I do think that you're out there more than anybody else, and it's a really interesting way of going about growing a brand. So you don't have to answer this question, or you're smart okay. enough to answer it the way you want to ask, but because I've been watching, oh, I've been on go. Shark Tank binges lately, are you like, I'm just curious, because I think people would like to know, because a lot of people want to start their own businesses, Yeah, they're entrepreneurs, you've been doing this a couple of years, you're doing it the way you're doing it, are you kind of pre-revenue? Are you making a living doing what you're doing? Do you have your eyes set on the day that you will? Uh, we're getting really very close. We, so up to this point, we have just reinvested everything. Okay. Uh, all summer long, we're like, do we take a paycheck or do we buy another $3,000 worth of kegs? Do we do this? Do, we had a great winter, which mm-hmm. is what enabled us to buy which those fermenters. Cool for the beer industry. It's great for the, we had a great, great i mean we basically kind of like did like a kickstarter we're like hey we're this close to being able to buy these fermenters if you've been thinking about putting us back on tap now's the time to do it this will mm-hmm. be great we'll give you beer give us money deal um so yeah it's we're we're close we've i've taken you know a, a couple little mini paychecks and we're on this. Those are helpful. They Especially are. since oh I met God. you, you've been doing, you've been in entrepreneurial <laughs> things for a, sure. quite a while. Yeah. So, oh, I've worked for myself to, since 2001. Right. So you were buying $125 tickets to my event. So, I, and bringing somebody. Yeah. Right. I don't yeah. They weren't paying, right? You paid. Of course. Yeah. That's what I thought. So those are $250 <laughs> tickets. You can't be just, you know, you have That's a, my food budget is like, I, I think it would be cheaper to be addicted to cocaine. Right. That's, well, it's one of the reasons <laughs> I moved out to Manzanita because my food budget, I couldn't afford to do what I was yeah, doing. Yeah. Living out there is kind of a wash, seriously, yeah. for being here all the time. So um, <laughs> that's, you know, someday you may yeah. want to do that. There's nothing wrong with being at the coast and you need to meet the people at Salmon Bear Saloon because you're would be perfect for them there you go and i can i might be able to you know that's the thing that happens to me so much is you know going to these events or being around all these chefs and bartenders and whoever in the scene you know a lot of them even the people that own their own restaurants are like i can get you in front of the guy that decides what beer to buy i'm not going to tell him what to do because that's why i hired him but i'll get you in front of him right and so you know part of that how competitive it That's is here in Portland ask, too, is they're not gonna buy just getting somebody like. to sit down and listen and taste the beer. You know, I roll in with the 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 cooler the, full of five mini kegs, a little party on wheels, and pour them samples out of that, which leaves an impression of itself. Do you have an Oregon Duck cooler, too? Because that's a beaver cooler. Uh, I do not. That's... That's purely because my it was it was on sale and I needed something <laughs> to put my stuff into. <laughs> well, you need to get a duck one too. You got to alternate just in case, or just go neutral. Yeah. Get a a, uh, uh, a Northern Arizona University, whatever uh, it is. Oh, the lumberjacks. Lumberjacks. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 
<laughs> I have no alliances. I have no alliances. You can't Co- collegiately. You, you have to. Be I mean, maybe neutral. I guess Michigan State. My stepdad and a lot of my family are big Michigan State. Oh, folks. see, I grew up with "Hail to the Victors" in my crib. Ooh, so my mom went to University of Michigan. Yeah, and, and a lot of our friends. Well, I grew up in that Fab Five era. Which Remember was the that? Fab Five, mm. the five freshmen dudes. No, I didn't. I wasn't following like Chris them. Weber and oh, Jalen and Rose basketball. And, yeah, 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 yeah. So not that you care because it's University of Michigan, but um, the gentleman, the guy who played fullback for Michigan, scored a touchdown in the Rose Bowl and gave me his chin strap. Was my babysitter, <laughs> so in Connecticut. It's random. <laughs> well, it's pretty cool. That's why I mean we sure. were pretty big Michigan yeah. influence yeah. in Connecticut. So yeah. Nice. Anyway, but have you ever been to Detroit? I have been to Detroit on my baseball tours, and then I did some business outside in um, in Ann Arbor and what's the town that starts with an H near there? I can't think right now. Hamtramck. No, uh, but I know some people there and their friends. Yeah. So it's a great there's a great scene going on right now. Yeah, it's exci- so I hear it's really exciting. I, it's you like know, I'm back two or three times a year to see my family, and the the scene there is. Is just so bring going your beer off there. Right so the, the, the here are the cities I hear that have scenes now. Of course, Austin, but that's kind of getting Portland like it's right. expected. Right, Nashville, Detroit, and Pittsburgh. Yeah, those are the cities that. Yeah. for me, from what I absorb, those are the cities that are happening yeah. for food right now. And of course, Gary. Not that it's any new. He says L.A. is the best food city in the country right now. So that guy. Yeah, that, that guy. guy. Do you know Gary well? We've talked a couple times here and there. Is he a beer drinker? I don't think he is. Uh, he likes Shandy's. He came to Shandy Town. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's uh. Anytime somebody's like, "Oh, what are you? You just like the the quintessential food guy of Portland?" And I was like, "No, no, no. You look up this guy. Look up Gary the food." Oh, when they say that to you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Gary. He's not here as much anymore, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that back at him because he accused me of not being in Portland when I went to Manzanita, and now oh. he's. He's all over the place. If he's gone enough, that means I'm going to start you vying can start being for, the his, guy. for you, his spot. That leads I'm just going to hang out at Han Oak all the time. Okay, now. And I will eat all of the steam buns at Canard. How many did he eat? 12 or 14? I don't know, but you got you got to find new places. Challenge accepted, he's already, Gary. We've already heard about Canard. I mean, not necessarily Canard, but Han Oak and Castagna. Yeah. you got to find your own places. Hang out at Noble Rot. We'd love to hear more about... <laughs> Noble rot. Um, but so that leads to the question, where do, are you hanging out? Who's serving your favorite food right now? And the disclaimer is you can't possibly cover everybody who you have relationships right. with and right. that you like. But who's really knocking out of the park as far as, as, uh, far as you're concerned? Let's see. Uh, favorite burger? Mm-hmm. Perlo. Okay. Formerly Very South nice. Fork. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are awesome. Uh, Patrick's amazing. Yep, He's just a nice, just give a him, nice. Give, give him the ankle buzz. Ah. All right, go on. Sorry. Next up, I throw pens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patrick is a, a he's a wonderful dude. He helped, uh, you know, kind of get me in front of the guys over there. And uh, yeah, they have. That's actually one of the best spots to get a, a wide variety of pono in the city. That's the best. Really? Selection of Pono and they in the, the city. Beer, they and that's, the that has there. nothing to do. Me showing up and eating the burger all the time probably started to lead into. They just, you know, they just like that we made good beer and good. Um, but yeah, that burger over there is 
And they, oh, that's ridiculous. cool space. The restaurant is cool and the bar is cool. It's a great spot for jazz on the weekends, too. Yeah. My mom was in town when I took her there. for That was my first time in there for that. There, well, so impressed. that's the question then. Yeah. You can answer it that way. Where'd you take your mom when you <laughs> when she came to town? Uh, yeah, I took her there. Uh, where else did we eat? Kachka. Anybody heard of that place? No. Barely off the off the. I'm excited the about map. the new one and the and Kachinka. Is that what it's going to be called? The the current yeah. Kachka. I think it's coming shortly. The current Kachka yeah, yeah, becomes from Kachinka, and yeah. um and the new Kachka is across from Market of Choice. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so yep. where else? Where else? Because that's that's the best way to broach the question is where to tell your friends to go. Well, this is your mom. You gotta, yeah, don't yeah. screw it up. No, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How uh, long was she here? How many days did you have to? She was do here it? for uh, I think ten days. Oh, that's a long. You get the full breadth. Yeah. Did you take her out? Did you get outside of Portland? Uh, we went, it was when the tulips were going off. Okay. I mean, I was working a lot while she was here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we only had a few weekend days to really, to really get out. So we kind of went into the gorge a little bit. Nice. Did you get, uh, I brought her to, her to I brought her to Reelman to get fried chicken. All right. We're, we're both big fried chicken people. Mm-hmm. I got all of my, this passion for eating and drinking from my mom or mostly from my mom mm-hmm. for the most part, you know, as she, What'd Always she think cooked. of Real Men? She loved it. Okay. Yeah, she just had her birthday. She was in Asheville, North Carolina, and she got like a like hot chicken. All she wanted was hot chicken and bread pudding. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we got a couple. Uh, we just just where give else? us a couple where more that where you took oh, man, I know we I know we already talked about it, but Tanuki is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's so good. But don't tell it's anybody so that. She doesn't want anybody to know that. It doesn't even matter. You show. I tried to bring. Uh, who did I? I uh, Matthew Siegler. Mm-hmm. Tried to bring him over there because he had never heard of it, and tried to bring him over there. He'd and the door was locked, and there's no note on the door or anything. Yeah, it's just no. like closed for no reason. It's awesome. I'm like, ugh, come yeah. on. Yeah. So, so yeah, she she just wants people to know it's a great bar because that's who she wants in there. People who are coming for drinks. Yeah. So, but food, if you're there just for the food, anyway. Yeah. Uh, what else comes to mind? Uh, the Madelines at uh, Deadshot. I will eat nice. a thousand of those. Uh, I'm really and excited. And he's open. They're open. Hold fast is space. open now. Yeah, hold fast. And Joel's going to do some good stuff over there. Adam Are really built a nice Joel bar. Joel and um, Will involved in the food at Deadshot. Yeah. And so they're yeah. still doing, are they there if you go there on a particular night? Cause I used was to be, there on Saturday and Joel came out and was like, what's right, up, dude? Because it used to be, that's what was my concern. And not that I wouldn't go to Deadshot anyway, but I yeah. liked that you could go to Deadshot on Monday nights and you knew you were going to see those three get guys. get the double whammy. Yeah. yeah so Or that, triple whammy, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay, cool. That's a good one. What else? What else? Nimblefish. Sure okay. The uni at Nimblefish. The uni at Nimblefish. It is just heaven. It is just, it is just the sea custard that i dream of good and it's hard to go there a lot <laughs> yeah because it's, yeah. it's a little crowded and uh that's good that you went there does she from detroit is she a big sushi fan uh she does she loves everything she mm. loves everything I especially mean, you yeah and I'm, with, well i'm lovable yeah have no. you seen me yeah i mean can you, <laughs> it's hard to imagine being yeah. your mother and looking and saying yeah. that's my boy yeah no i mean we grew up eating very diverse eating every i mean detroit there's a ton of different cultures were Lebanese on my mom's side. I was married into my uh, stepdad is uh, is Sicilian. So everything was big family, you know, 
crazy pasta dinners and then like raw lamb on the other side and you know like a good mix of I didn't even think of stuff as adventurous eating. You just put anchovies on pizza because it was delicious. How is Detroit pizza compared to everything else? Detroit style pizza? Yeah, Detroit Detroit style pizza. I haven't had I have not had uh, experience with it, so I'm just curious. There's some people trying to do their version of Detroit style, the same Sicilian way everybody tries style to do a here. version of New Haven style pizza. Uh, I mean, it's it's. Obviously, I'm biased, but when you have cheese running all the way up to the edge of the pan and it starts to caramelize on the on the pan, what do you need crust for? Crust is that's just something you need to dip in some marinara or something. I like you like that, the crusty that, cheese. Oh, that crusty like the way cheese you like the grilled on the cheese edge. Hanging, pouring yeah, it out from the sandwich. Exactly. So, exactly. Is there oh, somewhere that, you can take me for Detroit style pizza? No. No, no, nowhere. There's, there's decent ones, but there's nowhere that I would, I would vouch for. I feel like you know. All right, where's I the, feel like a New Yorker talking the, about New York style pizza. Right, I'm like, there's there no to, one who does it. It's ridiculous. But there's some decent spots. What's you know? a, give me one decent because I want to try it. Does, uh, does, ranch, branch, ranch, ranch. Does does Red Sauce do uh, Detroit style? I'm not so sure mm. if Char does that. I'm not she does sure. Something I know else. Uh, Tommy Habits was toying with it. Yeah, well, he's always toying he, with something else. <laughs> yeah, I think he ended up landing on like like Greek style. Oh man! Instead, that's what I grew like up cast on. Cast iron kind of Greek style, little small uh, crust like candy, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I but the place that I grew up on, they sold it to somebody else. It's not the same. But at any rate, um, well, we just hit an hour. Was there anything that you wanted to impart that you're going to leave and say, oh, "Oh man, I wish we would have spoken about that." Uh, and it's okay if we covered it all. We're perfectly happy with that. Maybe. Uh, Trying to do Shandytown again, our our event doing beer and shandies, raising money for growing gardens. That's kind of my my little side pra- passion project of trying to get all my bartender nerd friends in the same place as my beer nerd friends, and in the same place as my food nerd friends. Is kind of trying to create a crossroads of all the tasty things in one spot, and uh, and all to raise some money. So as when well. when that happens, where would people find it? Where would they find it? Is it too early? It? I mean, do, oh, do they need to keep checking the Pono Brewing website or yeah. your Facebook? What's, I'm just trying to help. Yeah. We're, you know, yeah, we haven't, we we haven't figured it out. It's, you know, it would be Natalia and I throwing it again, and she's okay. so insanely busy with the Enoteca stuff right? that who knows if I can. All right. Well, also, we like this podcast to be evergreen, so if it's happening next week, we probably don't want to even discuss it much because we hope that it would be an annual thing sure. so people could sure. then yeah. say, oh, yeah. every every August at the third week, that would be the Shantytown thing that we can go vote for Pono Brewing and Eric and yes. we'll be happy. Yes. So, um, uh, But you can vote for us at the Portland Craft Beer Festival, which we won last year. It starts in, again in two weeks. Okay. So that would be mid-July. in three weeks. Cowabunga. So... Really quickly, where can people, if someone wants to go have one of uh, the pineapple Kolsch tomorrow, where's someone going to get it? Uh, let's see. Cuba de Cuba and Perlo are, mm-hmm. are guarantees. Okay. Uh, maybe Lardo, I think right now, Padi, it's still on. Very nice. Tapalaya. But if they go there and this particular beer isn't on tap, some other Pono Brew brewing beer would be uh, you know a lot of people revolve it you know they're constantly revolving the beers that they have on tap we don't have a ton of 
permanent tap handles. Right. You know, this is Portland, so everybody always wants to see something always changing. It's always cr- changing. It's, to me, it's crazy that they can't just appreciate getting in the habit of doing something. It's always yeah. got to be the newest thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which is, I think it's good and it's bad. I just think people would, you know, like something and keep doing it and keep the people who have been doing it for 10 years plus Some spots alive. do. Some spots yeah. do. There's definitely a few spots where, you know, we don't have one beer that's a permanent Well, tap. I'm talking about the bigger picture of always looking oh, for yeah. the next, the, something different oh, you know, yeah. instead of the same thing. Absolutely. So... But anyway, it was something different to have you here. Yeah. And it was, well, and in a, in a certain respect, it wasn't that different because it was just like having a nice conversation. <laughs> yeah. So um, thanks so much for coming. My pleasure. I'm going to sit. Are you going to be out? Speaking of where to find you, Maylene's pop up out at Nevor Shellfish Farm. Yeah. You're serving your beer yes. all summer. Yes. There's the best place to find it, I That's think. That's a great going spot out to there. find it. So That's a great spot to find out it. Out in Tillamook, um, kind of between Tillamook and Neatarts, in yeah. the back of Neatarts. Out on the Navor Co- Oyster Farm. Is it Navor? Yeah. Have I been pronouncing? Well, uh, I, I don't went, know. I, I went to that pop-up. I went to that pop-up last weekend. Yeah. It was the best food experience I've had this year, without a doubt. And I'm bringing friends on uh in mid-july to go to that so she's That's, doing it every I other actually week. speaking of spots i brought my mom i brought my mom there mm-hmm. and she pulled out all she took such good care of us i mean she came up and hugged my mom oh yeah she sent out wine so that we're she talking thought about my mom chavez from yes. olympia oyster bar yes. because we didn't say that yeah and uh, i was disappointed to hear she's because of the mississippi street uh festival that's going on yeah she's not going to be there when i'm bringing eight people all the way from Portland to go out there. <laughs> but maybe you'll be there. So maybe we'll see you. I uh, I usually shuck for her during that. Well, good. Come. I'm a bad mother shucker. Yeah, that's right. Come shuck. I, I work. Yeah, I work for, she She feeds me oysters and mezcal. I am hope you're exchange. there that, because that's a, that's a, a, not a consolation, but that'll be a positive. Yeah. That we can have a, uh, a face we know. Out yeah. There. So thanks so much for coming. My pleasure. Appreciate it. Yeah. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 